Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church from Huntsville, Alabama to the whole world. I'm telling you something, all over the world, we are changing the way people see God. I know sometimes people say, I mean, I've had people ask me, why why do we want to change the way people see God? Because I'll tell you something, every decision you make, every act of faith, everything you do as a believer is governed by how you see God. And I'll tell you what I hate to say, it's a sad thing to say, but most people do not see God through the life, the teaching, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It amazes me, but I'm going to tell you something. Uh, We are teaching people who God is based on the Scripture as Jesus taught it, not the way anybody else teaches it, the way that Jesus teaches it. And the end result is people fall in love with God. You know, that's the number one testimony that we get from all over the world. I have fallen in love with God again, and or sometimes for the first time. But you know what the second testimony is? And I'll tell you what, I love this second testimony because if you don't get this second testimony, that first testimony can get weird. Because the second testimony we get from people is I'm starting to fall in love with the people around me. Man, I want to tell you something. When you fall in love with God and you fall in love with the people around you, you are falling into the top two priorities that God sought to fulfill in everything that He, in everything that He ever said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. Love your neighbors yourself. Because you see, in this process of falling in love with God and realizing how much He loves you, then you're going to, you're also going to be able to love and accept yourself. So loving God, loving people, and being able to love yourself within a biblical perspective. I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm not talking about self-indulgence. When I say loving yourself, I'm talking about having the same value for yourself that God has. You know, today we're going to be talking about the place of exchange. And I'm going to, I'm going to go through this as, as, as quickly as I can because there's a lot of information in here that we want to cover. I want you to realize something. God wants to exchange strength with you. He wants to show you how to give up your weaknesses so that you can take on His strengths. The Bible calls that grace. That's, that's what grace is. But, but before you, before you assume you understand what I'm going to be talking about, let, let's, let's, let's go a little bit into this message here and let's, let's make sure we're talking about the same thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about grace. Just like back in the 70s and 80s, there was a lot of talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But the problem was, it was a lot of talk without power. There's a lot of talk that didn't produce results. And one of the things that God dealt with me about when I was a brand new believer and several times in my journey growing as a believer and growing as a minister of God, one of the things he's emphasized to me over and over again is people don't need more answers. They need solutions. You know, our tendency is every time we have a problem, I'm going to read a book or I'm going to, I'm going to listen to a new message. You know, something that's good if that book or that message points you in the direction of you going and connecting with God yourself. But if you think the answer lies in the book or in the message, you're just going to end up accumulating information. And again, uh, you know, like the Apostle Paul said this, he said, look, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in 
power. If the word you believe is not producing something in your life, then either you're not really believing the word or you're not connecting to God in your heart and experiencing this exchange. You know, Psalm 18 too says this. It says, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. Man alive, I love that passage of scripture. You know, I actually wrote to our world changers uh, about that uh, this month. And I don't, I don't usually share uh, the same thing in a world changer letter that I'll share here because usually I just share things with my world changers that have to do with the ministry, where we're going, what we're doing, how we're getting there. But you know something? Uh, I did this, this is so powerful. I thought I've got to share this with all of the people that watch our broadcast. I've got to share this with every person out there that I possibly can because uh, uh, understanding this scripture and understanding how to put this into application is incredibly important. Now, the, the Hebrew word for rock takes us to a deeper meaning of, of this word picture. You see, in, in Hebrew, you want to understand that in Hebrew, you have an interpretation of what a word means based on the context of the scripture. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get too wordy or too complicated here. Uh, but then also, Every letter in a Hebrew word has its own definition. So, so you not only look at what the word means in the context, but you also look at all of the individual uh, definitions of the, of the root word. And from those definitions, you expand your picture of what God is saying in that situation. So we all, based on the context, we all have this this general idea of what it means for, for God to be our rock, for us to stand on the rock, the storm's raging around us, the wind is blowing. And, and you know, you know, we, we've all seen those old paintings uh, from years ago. And I remember seeing uh, uh, one of these as, as a, really as a new believer and just loving this picture of this, of this guy standing on a rock and Jesus was holding him and the waves were crashing all around him, but he was stable because he was up on this rock. So we all get that, that concept. But let's go just a little bit deeper and let's look at what each of these letters can mean. You see, the first letter, it does actually mean God's protection or God's shelter, which I think is incredible. But the second letter in this word for rock means to reach up to heaven or to seek to connect to heaven for divine knowledge that will come into our heart. Now, see, right there is the missing piece. Today, we are kind of being taught that everything with God just happens automatically and that if it was a promise, then it was a promise that doesn't involve any believing, any effort on our part. And this is why universalism and so many uh, uh, really damnable doctrines are invading the church today under the banner of the love of God. It's like God loves everybody, so so nobody's accountable. Nobody has to do anything. God just does what He does. Well, I'll tell you something. If God just does what He does, then why is the world such a mess? Why isn't He fixing it? Why isn't He helping us through our problems more? Because you've got to remember, every promise that God ever made is contingent upon our personal faith. We have to believe it for ourselves. But besides that, the, the, the place where these promises come to life 
is not just the fact that we believe the promise, but that we trust and believe the God of the promise. Remember, I've said this to you thousands of times. Faith does not begin with believing in the individual promise. Faith begins in knowing and trusting the God who made the promise. And so this second letter has the idea that if God is my rock, if God is my fortress, if God is my protector, that I am going to connect with him from my heart. I'm going to reach out to him and there's going to be this, this connection that happens and that God is going to bring knowledge into my heart. And the Bible, actually in the Hebrew, this presents the concept of secret knowledge. See, there's, there's revealed knowledge, which is everything that God's ever said. And all of that is available to every single person. But then there's secret knowledge that's not different than the revealed knowledge. It's just God speaking to you in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit being your teacher and showing you uh, uh, what it means. Like if I'm in a situation and, and, and God is my protector, here's what I need to know. He's also my shepherd. He's my shepherd for a reason because he's trying to lead me into how to, to connect to that protection. And sometimes leading me in that protection is leading me in my decisions, leading me in what to do and in what not to do. Man, I, I tell you, I, most of the wonderful things that God has done for me in the area of protection just came about because in my heart, in my private connection with God, I had a sense of do this, don't do this, go here, don't go here. Sometimes that comes about in deep prayer. Sometimes that comes about when I'm just driving down the road and suddenly I get this sense, turn now. And I'm telling you, Anytime I get that sense and don't do it, I regret it. Sometimes regret it means I'm in an automobile accident. Sometimes, sometimes regret it means it takes me an hour longer to get home than it should have. I mean, and who knows? You know, one day I was out running some errands and I tell you, I'm real organized when I run errands because I hate to waste time. So if I've got five stops to make, I generally, I generally uh, look at, a, create a circle in my mind so that I start here and I go here and each stop brings me back closer to home. And that way I'm really efficient in the way I use my time. And so I was running errands and I was about halfway through the stops and I just had this sense of go home now. And I just did what I always do. I say always, 99% of the time what I do. I just immediately... Uh, broke my little circle, headed straight home. I pulled up in the driveway. When I pulled up in the driveway, I mean, the moment I pulled into the driveway, Brenda came running out the kitchen door and said, the house is on fire. I ran into the house. I ran upstairs and lint in the dryer had caught on fire. And I'm telling you, it was blazing uh, in our laundry room, which our, our closet is connected to our laundry room, which means there's a lot of fabric in there, which meant in a matter of minutes, this whole place was going to go up uh, uh, in, into flames. And uh, I was able to immediately put the fire out, close close off that part of the house because if Brenda, and she would have, she's the kind of person, she would have stayed there and tried to put the fire out herself. Well, if, you'd, if, you, if she had breathed those toxic fumes uh, from this, I guarantee you she would have been in the hospital that night and it could have, it could have been deadly. You know, I could tell you story after story after story. And people say, well, you know, God doesn't lead me like that. Well, the question is, are you living your life where, like, like this second letter, where you always have a hand up to heaven? And, and really, the hand to heaven is symbolic of really having your heart open. Are you always ready, willing to listen and follow God? Because he's always, always, always trying to lead. So if I want God to be my rock, 
I've got to have a heart that's crying out to God. Well, the last letter in this, in this word for rock means spiritual insight and discernment. In other words, if I've got my heart open to God, He's going to breathe knowledge, understanding, and discernment into my heart so that I can see into this situation and understand the path that I need to take, understand the choice that I need to take. Man, I'm telling you, this is so incredibly exciting for me because I tell you, my life has been saved. You've got to realize when I used to do these jungle crusades and when I used to do street evangelism, I had attempts made on my life many times. I had ambushes set up where they may not have killed me, but they would have beat me to a pulp. And in my overseas uh, uh, crusades, they would have killed me. I would have been killed more than once if I had not listened to God. And it's it's never been a great big overwhelming thing. It's just like a, a breath of air, something God breathes into my heart. Like I say, sometimes it comes when I'm in deep prayer. Sometimes it comes when I'm just walking down the street. Sometimes it just comes when I'm cooking my breakfast. You know, who knows? But the question is, is my heart open? And am I really going to make God my protection? You know, Psalm 18, 2 goes on and says this. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are safe. Man alive. Listen, before I jump into that, I, I, I really want to get you into this. I want to remind you that this month, in the month of October, uh, we have two great events. One is happening right here in Huntsville, Alabama, October the 20th through the 22nd. And it's going to be Heart Physics Weekend. I'll tell you something. We're going to be talking about uh, the way of peace overcoming uh, stress with peace. Now, I'll tell you something. You've heard a lot of things taught about stress, and you've heard a lot of things taught about peace, but I want you to understand something. Not only am I going to teach you why peace is the only way to absorb stress. Coming out of stress isn't just making problems go away. Coming out of stress is like is like having the light that breaks forth from your heart that puts out the darkness and breaks the power of stress. But in this weekend, we're going to be doing heart physics exercises where you will actually learn to put this into practice, not just information. I don't ever just give information. I always try to give you things to do, ways to put this information into practice. So if you're interested in, in dealing with stress, getting where you sleep better, getting where you wake up and you got energy, getting to where you're optimistic and you're overcoming negativity, getting to where you make decisions and you follow the way of peace. If this is what you want to do, you want to live a life of peace, which by the way, let me say this, living the life of peace is the primary prerequisite for being able to hear when God speaks into your heart. You can't hear what God is saying if you're full of trepidation, if you're full of fear. And most of what we've been taught about spiritual warfare, fighting and, and carrying on, all of that focuses on the problem and moves us away from peace. And most of what we have been taught actually takes us into a place of stress and strife, and we make it nearly impossible to let peace be the referee in our heart. And that's what the Bible says. The peace of God should be the referee in our heart. So check out Heart Physics Weekend, October 20th and 22nd. If you're interested in coming, be sure and go to our website and register. And uh, man, we're going to have an incredible, incredible weekend. Uh, <clears throat> so Proverbs 18, 2. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now remember, the names of God tell us all of the attributes of God. See, if God, if God calls himself by a certain name, then we know that's what God is always going to do.
we know that God's not going to, he's not going to take his own name in vain. He's not going to call himself Jehovah Shalom, you know, the, the Lord, our peace, and then cause trouble in our life. He's not going to cause us a Jehovah Rophi, the Lord God that heals, and then make us sick. He's not going to call us Jehovah, our shepherd, who who leads us and then abandon us. You see, we believe things that if they were true, God would have to take his own name in vain. And so the name of the Lord is strong tower. If I know his names, then I know what I can always count him for. I know what, what he'll always do. And it says that the righteous run to it and uh, they are safe. So running to it, see again, this depicts God as a refuge of safety from the trouble, from the storms around us. But he, here, particularly in this case, it adds a very obvious dimension. In order to benefit from his protection, we've got to run to him. How do we do that? We run to him in prayer. We run to him by listening with our heart. And, you know, and sometimes, sometimes we have to run to him and we have to remind ourselves of his name. We have to stir up in us who God is and bring ourselves back to a place of peace. And I'll tell you something. When you get yourself back to the place of peace, you'll hear the voice of God and you'll, you'll get plans that always, always, always work because you'll be getting God's wisdom straight from his mouth. Now, so let's put the, let's put the word rock into a clear definition. So God is our rock, our protector, our refuge and our deliverer. And we are to run to him in prayer and meditation with open hearts to hear the wisdom that he has for our current situation. And as we join our heart to his, we will have divine insight, revelation, and discernment about how to triumph and find deliverance from our situation. Woohoo! Man, I love. I don't know if that does for you what it does for me. By the way, don't forget, be sure and just take one second right now and like this message. If you like this message, thousands and thousands of other people on YouTube will have the opportunity to see this and you'll help me be able to send this to other people. And listen, uh, forward this message to other people. Uh, let your friends know. Help me, be an internet evangelist. Send links of my messages out to people that will help them and, and strengthen them so that they can live in their victories. Now, now let's ju ju jump back to this. So there's a third verse that always comes to my mind whenever I am thinking about these God's promises of protection and wisdom. It says this. It says, a prudent man sees, sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep on going or they pass on by and they suffer forth. This is Proverbs uh, 22, uh, 22, 3. Now, you notice that those who do not run to him in times of trouble suffer loss because of their foolishness. In other words, it's like, it's like, okay, trouble's coming. God, you got to do something about it. You got to do something about it. You got to do something. Listen, God is always there to do something about it. You know, I'm, I'm going to say something here and I'm not trying to get political, but, but we've got to understand this. The Bible warns us against leaven. Now, leaven is really interesting because leaven is not just individual sins. Leaven tends to relate more to concepts, philosophical concepts based on the world's system. 
Because leaven, have, unlike just individual sins, leaven has the capability to corrupt everything that you believe. We are living in a world that's permeated with socialism. And uh, the world has been inundated. We've got the first generation of, of people uh, the millennials who have been have been steeped in socialism from the t- first grade all the way through college, and in this mindset, and socialism, by the way, is totally anti-biblical, even though it doesn't seem like it, because it's promising the same outcomes that Jesus is promising, but it's telling you an unscriptural way to get these, because there's the mindset that says. I should have what everyone else has, even if I'm not willing to work for it. You see, this this is the mentality that says uh, God guarantees all of us the same outcome. No, God promises you that you can have that outcome. Then he tells you that if you trust him, this is the process that you'll take. But if you don't trust him, you're going to be sitting there believing for a specific outcome and it's not going to happen. And then you're going to rage against God because it didn't come out the way it was supposed to. But see, there's that tendency to think that it is owed to us. God owes this to me. Since I'm in Jesus, God owes this to me. No, since you're in Jesus, God promised it to you. And God and Jesus taught us how we go about walking into these things. You see, that mentality is a pernicious leaven that has entered the church that makes us feel that we are to sit passively waiting on God to deliver us, independent of our faith, independent of our obedience, independent of His direction. We've lost our understanding of what it actually means to pray, to be intimate with God, uh, to receive His instructions, and even to experience the grace of God. So the question is, is God my high tower? Is He the person that I run to when I'm in trouble? Is He the person that I go uh, wrap my heart around. See, the Bible talks about this secret place with God. And in this secret place, this is where God wants to meet you, where everything else is blocked out. All other all other values are blocked out. All other wisdom and input is blocked out where you meet him and you wrap yourself around him so that he can not just give you the directions to go in, but he can cause you to experience the grace, the power, the strength, the capacity to walk in those directions. And see, God's there. He's ready. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll do what he promises. But the question is, what will you do? See, the great thing about being created in God's likeness is the fact that we have authority and freedom of choice. But since we're created in God's likeness, we also have our free will, which God cannot violate. See, God cannot give you freedom and then violate your free will. He can't make you like Him and then make you love Him or make you obey Him. That, that's, that's why faith is, is, personal faith is always a factor in living and walking in the promises of God. Now, I've read the scripture to you a lot. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait, those who wrap themselves around, those who entwine themselves, those who become one with the Lord shall renew. And that word renew means exchange their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, the place of exchange is, is not knowing the doctrine. 
The place of exchange is not in your mind. It's not, it's not just the intellect. The place of the exchange is not standing out here away from God and saying, God, this is what you're supposed to be doing. The place of exchange is where, is where we throw ourselves on God. We wrap ourselves around Him. We commune with Him. And, and in that place, there's an exchange that takes place. The King James calls it the renewal. It's the exchange where God exchanges His strength with our weaknesses, where God exchanges His wisdom with our thoughts and ideas, where God exchanges His plan with our plan. I'll tell you something. No matter what you're facing today, get along with God. Bring yourself to a place of peace. Wrap yourself around Him and stay in that place until you experience an exchange. You know, I could tell you story after story after story where I was facing incredible hardships, financial hardships, physical hardships, life and death situations. And all I would know to do is just get along with God, worship, connect with Him, spend time with Him until peace came into my heart. And when peace came, it always came because I had a sense of the solution being alive in me and the power to do it. And I'm telling you something, that's where God wants to take you. Let me tell you something, this month, I'm going to do something special for you because all this month, I'm just going to be talking to you about connecting to the life of God. That's, that's been a theme and, and meetings I've done all over the country, all over North America. But you know, there's so much to connecting to the life of God. It's so simple, but there's still so much to it that you just can't cover this in, in, in one meeting or one seminar. So what I want to do is this month only, I'm going to, I want to offer you a 20% discount on all of my products with, uh, including uh, digital downloads of books, I want you to be able to look at what you're dealing with, what situation you're facing, and say, what would help me the most right now? You see, that's what we do. We are making disciples. We're not just we're not just trying to sell product. That's not the point. I'm giving you free messages every every single week. I've I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of free messages. As a matter of fact, I have people tell me all the time I give away more stuff for free than almost any ministry that they've ever seen. And all of these programs are always here online so that you can watch them over and over and over again. But those of you who are really wanting to go deeper, who are wanting to invest in your own life, we create these products so that when you are facing a challenge, instead of you always having to look to somebody else to pray for you, always looking for somebody else to give you the solution, you learn the biblical process. You learn the biblical truth. You can learn to connect with God for yourself. So as a disciple, you and Jesus work this out. And you know what? When you and Jesus work it out, you never find yourself in that place again. You never find yourself repeating those same errors and mistakes over and over again because you're connected to Him, your life giver. You have run to your rock. And He has not only become your fortress in that individual situation, but He has become your fortress in everything that got you into that situation so that you don't go there over and over and over again. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We are living in a day when people are saying, you don't have to pray. When people are saying, you don't ever have to deal with sin. And people are saying, nothing really matters because God loves you. I want to tell you something. Because God loves you, everything matters. Everything matters. In every situation, the Lord wants to be your shepherd who leads you into absolute victory. But there is no absolute victory apart from an intimate connection with God. Now, God's always trying to take everybody into victory. God's always trying to lead everybody out of their troubles. God's always trying to give you the same thing. But you know something? I got, I got six kids. 
And out of these, out of all these kids, I offer them all advice when they're facing situations, and I offer them help. Sometimes some of them take it, sometimes some of them don't. The ones who take the, the advice usually get the help that they're looking for. They usually solve their problems. The ones that don't keep creating their, their problems in that particular area. That doesn't mean I love one more than the other because I love them the same and I give them all the same help because I want them to get the all same benefit. God wants all of you to get the same benefit. Now listen, be sure at the end of this, just take 10 seconds and subscribe to this network if you're watching by YouTube and you'll get messages every time I come out with something new. Bless you. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.